Good evening and welcome to True Dominion Ministries here with Latanya and Christopher Stevens. We're here talking about today on believing, belief, your belief in God, your belief in being a Christian, your belief. Who do you believe who you are? Why do you believe you are who you are? And we are going to start with the scripture of Romans 10 and 10. And I'll have Christopher go ahead and read it and then we'll talk about it. But before I before I begin to read, I just want to say, if you're going to do anything for God that will make an impact, you can expect to be uncomfortable. Amen. Romans 10, 10. And you're going to read it 15th verse. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So let's start with verse 10. For with the heart of man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So that goes to say, if we believe in our heart and say with our mouth that Christ is risen, Lord, we will be saved. And I know a lot of times people think that being saved is that we are 100% correct. We are 100% walking in the way that God has called us to walk in, but that can be no further from the truth. You don't have to wait until you are um, doing good in every area of your life to say that you are saved. Being saved is an everyday, an everyday fight. It is an everyday battle. You have to fight the flesh every day. I don't care how saved you think you are or how holy you think you are. We all have our own battles. And so with that, whatever it is that you believe in your heart, if you believe that you can do good, if you believe that you are saved, if you believe that God has called you, if you believe that you are doing the best that you know how, then that is that is what you believe. And that's what makes you right with God. That is then you are saved. You are saved by what you believe um, in essence of, of God. And I'm, I'm going to say this because um, you don't have to be perfect in order to come to God. Right. Because if you are perfect, then what is he, what does he have to perfect in you? Right. You know, it's, it's not something that we can do ourselves. If we could, it would have already been done. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure we don't try to at least <laughs> once in our lives. We don't try to do things our way that we thought was the right way, right. but they didn't always work out the way that we thought that they would work out. So that's what you have to, Basically, take the back seat. You really have to get into your Bible and read. Um, and you really have to get into a Bible-based church where you're going to be taught and where where God can really just pour into you or use people to pour into you. Because we're not going to have it. We're not going to have all our, our I's dotted and all our T's crossed. We're not going to have it all together at, very, at the very beginning. But we have a starting place. And your starting place shouldn't be, you shouldn't be in that same starting place five years down the road. You mm -hmm. shouldn't be in that same starting place five months down the road. I mean, the more you read this word, the more you begin to understand this word, the more you gravitate towards the word, and the more you become a doer of the word. So this is basically saying that um, once you 
once you have the faith, once you believe that Jesus has risen from the dead, once you believe that he died on the cross and paid for the sins that we committed, once you believe and once you open your mouth and say he did it, that's when you can begin to begin the process of change. Because what I do know is once you are a believer, once you do fully believe what it is that you read, the more it will impact your life, the more it will affect you and what you do on a daily basis. Absolutely. So how do you feel about Romans 10 and 14 where it says, how then shall they call on him and who they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Well, that goes back to the same thing I was saying. I'm, it, there, you need to be in a Bible-based church where they preaching from the scripture, where they, where, <clears throat> or any setting where you're getting learning, teaching straight from the scripture, because that's a, that is what's going to affect you. Mm -hmm. um, our opinions will not affect you as much as the Holy Ghost will affect you, and the word that the Holy Ghost speaks through the, throughout the Bible is what affects you. Is that is what that cuts. That's what cuts going in and going out. It's a double-edged sword, cutting to the divide and the sunder, discerning the intents of the heart. It discerns. That word, that word discerns. It helps, it helps to clean the clutter out, so to speak, and gives you clarity of what is in you and how you are living your life according to that scripture, according to that word, according to that book. You know, and that's what causes us to change, not because of the way somebody else is living, but because of what the words in the Bible say. And if we are living up to the expectation of the Bible, then we are sure that we are doing the right thing. Not about how somebody else is living, not if we can live like them, not if we can pray like them, not if we can seek God like them. But if we can seek God through the way that the word teaches us to seek him and teaches us to pray you know, then we can begin to see results. Absolutely. And I, and I like to say that, you know, um, believing, but coming to a, coming into a place where you actually believe what you're reading and believe what you're hearing from your preacher or pastor, um, is all about what is it that you believe? Because I've been in places where I believed one thing, but the preacher was saying something totally different. And unless you go back in that word and go back in that scripture and search, search that scripture out, then you will walk around confused and you will walk around double-minded because you will believe that your deeds are what's going to get you, get you into heaven. Or you will believe that um, if you pretend to be a Christian, then that will get you um, into heaven. And I believe that you definitely have to search the scripture and you definitely have to learn it for yourself because nobody is going to teach you like the Holy Spirit is going to teach you. It is a teacher. And because the Holy Spirit is a teacher and you ask God for the wisdom and the understanding of that word, I believe it takes you to a place that no preacher or no teacher can ever take you. And I can say that through my own experience of being in a place and reading on my own and being in a place of studying on my own where I didn't have someone where I could call or I can, you know, ask them questions because that's where God wasn't allowing me to, to do at that time. He wanted to teach me and he did. 
And not to say that I can sit around and I can just quote scriptures because that was never my MO. That was never my motive. And because that is not my motive, I want, I want the word to be in my heart. I want the word to walk with me and talk with me every day. I want to be that example that God has called me to be in the earth. And so believing is one of those things I don't think you automatically do. I don't think you will just automatically believe God. I believe that, you know, because I grew up in a church and I was um, raised in a Baptist church, that's all that I knew. So when I went to Pentecostal, of course, I didn't understand it. I didn't understand the sound. I didn't understand the uh, Holy Spirit. I didn't, I didn't understand any of that because none of that was being taught in the same way. Um, but it, it does give you a different... Um, perception of what what God is all about now I will say that that part of church has been perverted a whole lot where we have started to dance and to shout and to speak in tongues as if uh God can call our name at any time (laughs) you know and there have been a lot of people at a lot of times and including myself where we played with God and we uh pretend and we try to be something that we're not And the thing about the Holy Spirit is it will correct you and it will put you in your place. And so when you say that you believe God, do you believe him wholeheartedly? Do you believe that you are healed because of Jesus' 39 stripes? Do you believe that you're saved because you have confessed with your mouth? Do you believe that you have faith because there are some things that you are, that you're believing for that you haven't seen yet? And so belief goes deeper than just reading a scripture. Belief goes deeper than just um, Mm -hmm. than just saying that you believe. And so that goes on to, um, second Corinthians five and seven, where it says that, uh, we walk by faith and not by sight. And so if we're walking by faith, we're walking on the expectation that God is going to do this thing, whether I see it or not. And that goes along with, um, as, as a testimony to us with moving to Texas, where the house that we were buying didn't go through, but, Regardless, we knew that God said move to Texas. So whether that house was available or not, whether we it was the paperwork was going to go through or not, we still had to move by faith and say, okay, well, if God told us to move by faith and he's telling us to move, then he'll make the provision for it. And surely he did. And we're in the place that we're supposed to be. It's not that God didn't want us to have a house. It's not that God didn't say that we couldn't have a house or whatever, but it might not. It Well, sure, not might, but it wasn't that particular house that he has for us. And that is okay. And I think a lot of times when we say God said, and then we go through that thing and we're close to that thing and it doesn't go through, we're like, okay, God, what in the world are you doing? <laughs> like you said, but then... God only gives us a little bit at a time. So we can only believe at a little bit at a time at the same time. I believe from, from my own experience. So as far as uh second Corinthians, we walk by faith and not by sight. How would you say that in your life, Chris, that you have totally just walked by faith in some areas? Um, basically, uh, even into my marriage, um, absolutely. I just, <laughs> I just walked into it. I mean, it wasn't, um, a long, drawn-out process. It was not. It wasn't. We dated for six months. It mm-hmm. wasn't that we had time to learn each other. It wasn't that we had time to connect with our children and and all the different personalities. It was a thirty-day thing. I mean, it just like God said. it just jumped together that quick. Thirty days. I mm-hmm. mean, how many marriages you know? Uh, 
just jump together in 30 days. It doesn't really happen that way. Um, but that's that's just one that's just one um incident. As far as another incident, there there are time when God told us to move to Columbia from Myrtle Beach, and you know we hesitated on that, you know, because we didn't we didn't know what to do, we didn't know how to do it, we didn't know um, what we have is is what we have going to be enough, you know, mm-hmm. and we procrastinated and didn't move at that moment, and that was the same thing that led to this move to Texas right. when God said move, um. I asked him, I was like, well, well, what kind of time frame we got to work with right here? Because the first time I didn't do it right. immediately. You know what I'm saying? And I felt like it was an immediate thing. But this time I had learned from the first mistake. So I asked the question. I said, well, what time frame we got to work with? And he said, I need you there by August. All right. And then the house that we were going to get, we it ended up basically falling through. And um, so... I was like, okay, God, I heard what you said. You said go to Fort Worth, Texas. You said go to Fort Worth, go to Fort Worth, go to Fort Worth. I'm saying, well, the house that I got in Fort Worth ain't ain't, ain't working out, God. It ain't working out. But then you have to come to the realization that whatever whatever is going to work out and whatever didn't work out, whatever you wanted to work out, it didn't work out the way you thought that it would, you still have to go ahead and do the thing that God had called you to do. Yeah, because you were you had the U-Haul and had to search for a place for a couple of days. I already had the U-Haul down here <laughs> in Texas, y'all. I had yes. done I had done got up and I had drove all the way to Texas from South Carolina, from Columbia, I drove to Texas. And it took me about twenty hours. Mm-hmm. Because I had to keep stopping and getting gas, so on and so forth. You know, and um but the thing about it was, it was like once I got here. I was just sitting and I was waiting for the phone call for them to tell me to come and sign the papers. Waiting for the phone call to tell them to tell me to come and sign the papers, but the papers didn't. They didn't. They didn't come the way that we had expected it right. to come. You know. So then we. Then I was on a. I was like on a wild goose chase. I had to tow my car up, <laughs> dragging it behind the U-Haul, tow the car up. Yeah. And I ain't really had no way of getting around but a U-Haul and a trailer, so I ended up renting a car. And I just started looking. I just started looking. I was like, well, God, you said, now I could take all my stuff and go back home, or I could take all this stuff and put it in the storage, but I ain't going to do all that. God, you said, so I'm going to go look. I'm going to look. I'm going to look. Well, I went and looked, and sure enough, I could not find a thing. And everything that I did find, it just seemed like it wasn't, that wasn't it. That wasn't it. That wasn't Mm -hmm. it. So I came to this place where we are now, and I was looking at it. I was looking around, and then come to find out I had some issues basically with my job because I had them been working out of out in Puerto Rico for uh, nine months. So the transaction to get back home, they didn't have me working, and then I decided I was just going to take a couple of a couple of week, couple of more weeks off and stuff. So I ended up being I was uh, not active at the time. So by me not being active. There wasn't no way for me to get anything. Mm-hmm. That was another process. So God made a way, and um, the guy that I saw this house about, he he made some phone calls. He made some phone calls, and then he got back to me. He's like, Chris, we can do it, but we, we, we got to have X amount of money. We got to have X amount of months worth of rent. I said, okay. Um, God had already made provision. He had already gave us the amount of money that we had needed for that. 
and for the move and have a couple of extra dollars left over after all of that. So we ended up doing doing it and got into the place where we are now. And so we're still expecting God to do some more things. You know, God doesn't just stop when he's when he says when he tell you to move somewhere, he has a place for you to be. If he's going to tell you to move somewhere, he already got a place for you to be mm-hmm. in, in that in that time. He already got something that he want to give you in that area. You know, so even when I think about it, you know, I begin to think about Abraham. You know, he left home, you know, on a word. Right. God said, go. <laughs> and he left, you know. And he's in the same place that he went to, God was gonna give it to him as an inheritance. Not not for his not for himself, not for his children, but for a later generation, you know? And then that's the same thing where we have to really look down through the Bible and we see um different times where God had told people to do different things and they moved just because they believed what God had said. Uh, they just move by faith, you know what I'm saying? Not because of something that they seen or not because of something that they perceived, but just from a simple word. And, you know, and sometimes God will move like that on a simple word. He want to see where your faith is. He want to see what you believe him for, you know. And I think we are right in the exact place where God will have us to be. And I think we're doing the right and exact thing that he is having us to do. And we're in the right spot to get the right results. And I tell you, it takes it takes it takes a spot on place, a spot on place. I mean, spiritually, mentally, and physically, there's a there's a geographical place that you need to be in order for God to do certain things in your life. And I know sometimes we want to stay in the same place that we grew up in. We want to stay in the same place that we are so familiar with. But like I said in the very beginning, if you're going to do anything for God, if you're going to make a real impact, then you're going to be uncomfortable. You know, you, you're going to have to you're going to have to do some things that you wouldn't normally do. You have to go some places that you wouldn't normally go. You might have to speak to some people that you wouldn't normally speak to, you know, but that's just the way God does. He takes you from whatever place, whatever state of mind that you're in, and he brings you into another place or more fruitful place a more uh, a place there where there is more of everything when i tell you there's more of everything here in texas there's more of everything <laughs> absolutely i mean there's more highway there's more space there's more people everything is more over here but that's just a way how god gets you out of your comfort zone because like i said God wants to move and God wants to do things with you. But if you're stuck in a place where in a geographical place that there is no room for you, then how can he do what it is that he want to do through you? Yes, because I believe you outgrow places and people. Yes. And just talking about what you said about um, Abraham and God, he moved on a word. And a lot of times God will just give you one word, not a whole instruction packet. <laughs> but yeah. one word, go. And that can be a little intimidating when you don't have all the answers and you don't have all the instructions to go along with that one word. So I would say that to get a word from God, first of all, I mean, is a thing to be grateful about because only he knows the plan that he has for you. And so when he says go or he says don't or he says stop or he he says no, then I think that's where you really have to look at what he's saying. And you'll know exactly what he's talking about, even with that one word. Even if you don't have all of the information, you'll know exactly what he's talking about when he gives you that one word. And he's looking for your heart to trust him and to believe him 
to do whatever it is that he said through that one word that he has spoken to you. But um, moving on to Hebrews 11 and 6. It's more, you know, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And you have to be in a place where you are seeking God. To believe, to have faith. Um, it is impossible to, to, um, please, him. to please him. Because you, you, how can you please somebody you don't believe in? That's with anybody. How can I please my husband if I never have, if I never believe in him, or if I never have faith in him to do what's right, or to be a father, or to be a husband, or a friend? At that, I mean, if I don't believe you're a good friend, if I don't believe that you're a good husband, if I don't believe that you're a good father, what would be the reason of me even being with you? And I believe that's how God looks at us. If you're not going to believe in me, then what is it? What, why would you say you're a child of mine? Why'd you, why would you say you are a daughter or a son of mine? If you don't believe in me, that makes no sense. You can't, I can't do anything for you if you don't believe in me. And I think that goes right along with in, in relationships. Um, as far as a husband and wife go, um, you, you say, um, just now you said about believing in your spouse, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And, um, and, and I feel that there, there comes, um, there is a, a degree of belief that you have to have in them in order to not expect impossible things through them. Mm. You know, it's like you, you have to believe that they're going to make the right decisions. You have to believe that they're going to go to God first and then come to you next. You know, you have to believe that they will. Other, otherwise, you, I hate to say this, but you can sabotage the marriage um, without believing in your spouse. You know what I'm saying? Believing that they're going to make the right decisions for not only them, but for the whole family as a whole, you know? And, and, um, uh, because if you don't, if you, if you never believe that they're able to be who they are, then you always expect more than they can give. And, an, and a person can only give. And they can only give what, what they're they capable yeah. of giving. You may have a bigger capacity than what they have a capacity of forgiving. You might have a bigger capacity of receiving than they have a capacity of giving. Mm -hmm. So you have to be careful um, in dealing with your spouse, you know. First of all, you have to know your spouse. I mean, not that you have to be on a, a long, drawn-out relationship and you have to know them <laughs> every step of the way. And a lot of times that doesn't happen. With God, people don't stay, they don't get engaged and be engaged for two and three years unless they just, there's a fear or uh, they're just indecisive. You know, if, mm -hmm. if it's a God thing, then that's just what it is. It's a God thing. It doesn't matter how long it takes. If, if it takes you two weeks, if it takes you 10 months. I mean, I just don't see people being people of God um, walking in the statutes of God being uh, basically in relationships for five and six years. I don't I don't see that. So what would not you... saying that it doesn't happen. It does. Uh, but I don't see it. So what would you say as far as telling someone who is on the fence about believing in God or what God to believe in? Because. It's one thing that we can quote scriptures and, you know, yes, we could probably put together a good sermon and, and preach it. But what I think for me, what I've always recognized about certain preachers are, is their passion for God and, and how much their heart poured out in his word, not in their opinions, not in their own thought process, but in the word of God. When, when, you know, when someone says something, they really mean it. So for a non-believer 
who has not touched the word, looked at the word, or even is even interested in the word, but just kind of curious about the word, how would you say, what would you say to a non-believer who is on the fence or just doesn't believe at all to say, this is the God that you need to believe in. This is, this is who I serve. How do they get to believe who it is that you serve? Well, for me, I just think it really has to be uh, a hands-on. I can tell you about my God all day, but mm-hmm. until you actually try him for yourself, yes. until you actually just, uh, and, 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 and I believe that everything we do is worth, is worth putting our effort into. You right. know, I believe everything that we do, if we're going to, if we're going to do anything, I think we should do it. But when we do it, we should be able to put our name on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Why would you, why would you paint a beautiful picture, but never sign it? No one will know who it's from. No one will know who did it. You know, it's the same thing as when you when you begin to seek out a relationship with God. You know what I'm saying? Why would you do it piece it away and not do it all the way? I mean, because when you do it all the way, then that's when you can begin to see results and stuff. And I think for me, uh, that's where people, um, they don't get to see the full results of God because they don't put their all into it. You know, so I think if you're going to even at least think about it, if you're gonna, if you're gonna listen, if you're gonna entertain it, then you might as well do it all the way. I will say this: I know that for myself, it takes a made-up mind in order to actually go to God. It takes a made-up mind and actually stay in God. You know, it's not something that's a fly-by-night situation. It's not something that you can just be in and out. But if you're gonna, if you're gonna at least, if you're gonna at least think about it, if you're gonna at least ponder it then you should do your diligence as in to uh, fully seeking what the word is saying because this word has promises. This word has consequences. This word has all of those things that our lives need. And until we actually read it and until we actually know it for ourselves, then we'll always be on the fence. We'll always be on the fence. But once you do get the, get the full the the fullness of what you're reading, I mean, that's when God began to deal with you. That's when you can see results. I know that for some Christianity is is it's a bit much, and they rather do astrology and they rather do Scientology and they rather do all these other things, you know, because well, the other things. I think it's more of people don't want to be accountable. Yeah, because all these other things don't have consequences. Right. But. The word of God has consequences. The more you know, the more you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're responsible for. Yeah, just like a lot of husbands, they don't know what they they don't know their role as a husband. But once you get in here and you begin to read the word and you begin to find out what a husband is and what a husband's supposed to do, and he's not living up to that expectation, then you know that's something he is accountable for. You know, that's something that he has to he he either has to work on or he has to leave it alone. Right. You know. <clears throat> just like a father. Once you find out what a dad is, that's something you have to live up to or, you know, and and I just believe that people don't want to be held to that that well, accountability. They don't yeah. want to be held to that standard. They don't want to be held um to that they rather that not consequence. Know. That consequence of not doing a thing rather than to know and not do it. You know, so that's why they just stay away from it. Right. But I want you to tell um, 
And I hate to jump around like this, but there was a, um, one thing I loved about you being in Puerto Rico is you got to experience a lot of men, um, you know, who walk, you know, all came from all different walks of life and who had different stories and different testimonies and who were in God and who were not. And you, so you dealt with the Christians as well as the non-Christians. And so there was one particular story that you told me about, um, about a man who said that he asked God about if God, if you're real, then show me or something. And he got so scared. You remember that? Vaguely. I remember it. But, he, um, he got so scared and the shadow came up behind him and, because he he came and he didn't know what was true and what was not true. So he knew the difference between good and he knew the difference between good and bad, mm -hmm. you know. And he was like, "Well, if God is real, then why he hadn't shown himself to me? Why he hadn't? Why why I I constantly ask him the 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 show me who he is, you know? And sometimes I feel like this: you can tell who God is by who God lives in. Mm. That's good right there. You can tell who God is by who he lives in. And and I'm I'm not sitting here telling you that every preacher is God ordained. I'm not sitting here you no. telling you every Christian is is just who God called them to be. That's mm -mm. not what I'm saying. I'm saying who God lives in will show in their character. Mm -hmm. It will show in their demeanor. And that's real. They have fruit that will show. They have fruit that will show. Um, there are people who, in fact, there was a guy, he was like, um, I have to be better than you. Yeah, Th I remember this, that. There's this guy, he, he was just like, Chris, you know, when I saw you, I saw you in the in, in the um, weight room and you was exercising and stuff like that. He was like, I got to be better than this guy, you know? And then he was like, oh, he's lifting weights. Well, I got to be stronger than this guy. In every way, I have to be better than him. It had nothing to do with nobody else. It was just a particular set that he had to be better than me. And then he said... And then I found out that you belong to God. Sorry. He said, and, and then I said, well, shoot, I can't be better than him. Because not only is he physical, not only is he a worker, but he also loves God. He truly loves God. And for him to say that, I had to clear the air. I had to clear the room. I'm, I'm, and, and I was talking to him. I was like, "Look, I didn't get this way overnight. You know, it took it took work. It took it took me setting myself aside so that I could hear what God is saying, so that I can understand what the Word is telling me to do, so I can do all these things that I know that is pleasing in, in the sight of God. You know." And I said, "I'm not better than anybody. You know what I'm saying?" I said. The same opportunities that I have, you also have. And that opportunity is repentance. Once you can repent, and repent means to turn away from that thing. Once you can fully repent and turn away from whatever lifestyle that you're living, whatever, whatever, it doesn't matter if you're in drugs. It doesn't matter if you are um, a whoremonger. It doesn't matter if you are a liar. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. But if you can repent and just turn away from that thing, then you can you can begin to see who God really is. And then you can begin to see him really work in your life. Repentance is the only thing and it's the only way 
that you're going to get to God, get closer to God, get an understanding of God. And whatever you don't understand, whatever you don't have wisdom in, the Bible says ask of him freely and he'll give it freely. All you have to do is ask God to give you wisdom and understanding in the word that you are reading, wisdom and understanding in the spirit that he works through in the spirit that he works in and he will give it to you. So I've learned a lot about myself as in, as in to being over in Puerto Rico. I learned a lot about who I am. I learned a lot about who God is. I learned a lot about who people are, you know, and people will say that they are somebody, but don't really be that person. Or people will say that they're somebody and don't know how to live up to the, to the, um, to the expectation of who that they say that they are, you know, living a, a lifestyle of being saved is a process. It, it's not something that just happens overnight. It's not something that you get immediately, but I believe if you if you just love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your might, and all your strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself, then you can get just about everything else right. Amen. <laughs> I'm sitting over here admiring him because I love the way that he flows. I love the way that God uses him. Um, and I love the fact that we are never in a competition state. I love the fact that I can believe in my husband and he can believe in me and he can believe in the God in me and I can believe in the God in him. And on that note, we are going to go into Mark eleven twenty four, which is the last scripture um, of today. And it says, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. And this is all about belief. This segment is all about believing. And God tells us how to get everything that we want. He tells us what to do. There are instructions. There is a manual, and it's called the Bible. You just have to read it. And it comes in many different versions. You got the Message Bible. You got the you King got James Bible. The New, the King, New James. King James. I mean, the you, NLT, the NIV. <laughs> there is no reason or um, or excuse that we can have not to read this word. Um we have to believe God. We have to believe every word he has spoken. We have to believe who he is. We have to believe that we are, we, he lives inside of us, you know. And then we are a product of him. We are an right. extension of God. Um, it's so right. And we can only produce who we are. We can only produce what we are. If we're bad, we're going to produce bad seed. If we're good, we're going to produce, produce good seed. And it's not all the ways about money. On this podcast, you don't see anything about sow a seed. You don't hear us talking about, you know, downing people and, and what somebody else does. We all sin and we all fall short of the glory of God. And we all have a place where we have to stop and begin again because sometimes we don't get it right. But we are called to be disciples. We're called to help one another and we're called to lead. And, you know, if we've gotten to a certain place, then we're called to go back and get people and lead them, you know, out of the bondage that they're in. Not that we can do it with our power, but we do it with the power of God in us. And regardless of what um, any leader tells you, it is God's power that they are using. I don't care what hands they have. I don't care what towels they throw. I don't, I don't care what oil they use. The only oil, <laughs> it's the anointing oil and that anointing breaks yokes right right and that's the only thing that breaks yokes gifts do not break yokes right absolutely so just be mindful of what it is that you believe in your heart you know and and ask god to give you or renewing you a clean heart because your heart has to be right to walk with God. Your your heart has to be right in order to forgive. Your heart has to be right in or and when you pray because you can pray amiss. You don't want to have the wrong motive when you pray. You don't want to have um you don't want to be 
uh, unintegral about your relationship with God either. You can't walk a certain way and talk a certain way when you when you are representing the God that you said is your father. And so on that note, um, Mark eleven twenty four. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray it's when you pray. When you pray, you have to pray. That's your time of communication. <laughs> that is how you communicate with God. You pray. And your your prayer might sound like a conversation. But as long as you go with him with the right heart and you ask it with repentance because you need to ask for forgiveness for whatever you've done before you ask him for anything. And then believe that you will receive them as you pray. As you pray, not after you pray, but while you're praying. This is what I'm believing you for, God. This is what I'm believing your word for. They say that you're real. They say that you can deliver. They say that you can save. They say that you can set free. Then that's what I'm believing you for. And as you believe him, then you give him permission to do those things that you've asked for. And he has to have your permission because he will not come between you and your will. And I want you to understand that now. Everything you ask God for, he's not going to do it the way you think he's going to do it. Mm, absolutely. Because you don't know <laughs> how you're going to get that deliverance. That's right. You might have to be in the, in, in the, not even in the same situation, but you might have to be in close proximity of what you're trying to be delivered from. You know, sometimes it's not going to come the way that you want it to come. Sometimes it's not going to come the way you expect it to come. But sometimes it'll come in a way of aggravation. It'll come in a way mm-hmm. of manipulation. It'll, yes. come in, it'll come in a way that, that you weren't expecting, but God wants to see how you're going to handle the situation. If you really want deliverance, sometimes you have to get deliverance. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Sometimes you have to work for deliverance. Sometimes you have, to, you have to go above and beyond to be delivered. Yes. Because it's, sometimes it's not just, it's something that you have to do. You know, when, when God, when Jesus had, it's when he, Jesus had made the clay and put on the man's eyes, there was something that the man had to do. He had to go wash. Before he had to go wash the clay out of his eyes before he can be clean, before he can see again, you know, before he could see at all. He was mm-hmm. born from birth. He was blind. And Jesus had made the clay, spit into it, made it, put it on his eyes and told him to go wash, wash his eyes out. And so there is some things that we have to do. And belief and faith is that way of doing things because he would have never went to the place where he had to go to in order to get his to in order to receive sight had he not believed what Jesus had told him. You know, there were, the lady with the issue of blood never would have went up and touched Jesus if she had not believed that he had the power to heal her. You know, people would have never come to Jesus and say, my child is is, is sick and at the point of death without believing that he was able to heal them. Um, and some people said, look, don't come to my house. You know what I'm saying? But you can speak the word from right here where you at and they can be delivered. They can be set free. They can be healed. All you needed, all I, I'm believing that you are going to send the word that is going to heal them, you know, and that's what we have to be. We have to be in the place of belief, um, to it's so strong and it's so prevalent in our lives that we just, uh, above everything else, we believe God above anything else. We believe what Jesus had came and accomplished for us above everything else. We believe that God has already made a way when we can't even see the way as of right now. But if we just trust and believe in him, the way will be made and will be, and when we will be able to see it. And I would suggest, you know, if you're starting out or you don't know where to start, go back into the glossary of the Bible and and look up the word belief or believing and write out every scripture on believing. If it's faith that you need, go write out every scripture on faith. If it's 
um, forgiveness that you need. Go write out every scripture that's on forgiveness because you have to know the word and you have to use the word when you pray. You And that is what fights your enemy, the enemy. That's what... Um, that is how we overcome as well. We we have to have the word, Spiritual and not to, and not to say that we're going to always remember every scripture or anything like that. But there's a place that you can go get it, and if you can go get it and you can read it and you can write it, then that's where you start at. And if you got to pray and read at the same time, then you read with that word and you pray until you get it inside of you. And I just believe that, you know, if we know that God is of good and not of evil and he doesn't want us to be in debt and he doesn't want us to be with sicknesses and diseases and we know those things don't come from him, there's no reason why we can't be healed. There's so, no reason why we can't be delivered. And and just that she said, you can go in the glossary of the Bible and look and find what it is that you need. You don't have to go in the Bible. If you can't get your hands on the Bible, you got a phone. Most of y'all got a phone. Yeah, somebody got a phone. <laughs> and you can Google it. Yeah. You can go to a computer and Google it. You can do there are so many there are so many avenues on how to get into God's word that it, it doesn't only have to come through a Bible. If there's an app you can apply to your phone and then and the app will pull up the Bible for you. you and know, give you scriptures. And give you scriptures. You know, so that is if 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 there's a want, if there's a desire, there is a way. Absolutely. There is a way. Absolutely. Well that concludes our segment of belief for today for today and um just to mention on our website truedominionministries.com there is a blog that is put out every day with questions and the purpose of those questions is to ask you um we did not want to sit here and preach at people you know we want to talk to people but we also wanted them to be able to ask themselves some questions or maybe some questions they've never thought of concerning their walk with God um, or even to begin a walk with God because a lot of times we are told what to do and how to do it, but then there's questions in the back of our minds, but we also need to examine ourselves. And those questions help you and I to examine ourselves on a daily basis until we get to that point where we don't have to ask ourselves questions anymore. We can just say, okay, yeah, that ain't no God. We don't need to do that. Um, but if you go to the website, there is a blog that's done daily and the podcast link is on there as well. Um, and it tells you a little bit about us. It gives you our little testimony and who we are. There are no pictures because we are not promoting ourselves. Um, we do not wish to promote ourselves as a brand as many ministries have done or has been perverted to do. So if you're looking for people to you know, make ministry a business, then that this is the wrong place for you. <laughs> um, We're here to promote God. We're yes. here to promote what Jesus did for us. We're here to promote truth. We're here to promote these things that concerns us. Right. And the work of God concerns us. Right. You know, we want to be in the right place when he comes back. We want to be in, in the place of, he said, well done, my faithful servant. Well done, you know, because it's not about who we are, what name we make for ourselves. It's about what we did in order for the betterment of the kingdom of God. And how did we believe that God was able to impact our lives? And if we believe God is able to impact our lives, we also believe that God is able to impact others' lives through what we've been through. All right. Well, we will see you guys next Tuesday for a New Testament lesson. And until then, God bless.